You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Michelle's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. How's everybody doing? What's up? It's podcast number 255. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Another good show for you this week, Us Weekly's Emily Longaretta, who was on right at the beginning of the pandemic last year. And we're having her on again to talk about Bachelor in Paradise. We talk, first 20 minutes, we actually talk about the challenge, something I haven't talked about a lot this season, even though I've watched every episode. And then we talked to her about the Claire and Dale situation since Us Weekly was the first one to get quotes from Dale's side in regards to this story, what the Abigail part of the story is, where it came from, the issue I have with Ducks Moy. And if you don't know about Ducks Moy yet, I I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, (laughs) But uh, we get to that uh, and a lot more momentarily. So, as you know, we are all done with Bachelor in Paradise. Your spoilers were out there since June. They were all... Everything that I did post was accurate. I didn't have every spoiler to the season, but everything that I did do post um, ended up happening. And then we've got Michelle's season. You know about the spoilers that went up this week. Her season begins Tuesday, October 19th. It is up on my website. It is up on my Instagram feed about who she chose and whether or not she is engaged. After the Bachelor in Paradise finale aired, they ran a three, three and a half minute promo for Michelle's season. First long extended promo we saw of Michelle's season. And during that, I was able to confirm who Michelle's final two guy is because of the pictures that I've been telling you about. For the last month, on September 7th, I received an email from somebody who said they got pictures from Michelle down in Mexico on a date. And knowing that it was September 7th and her final rose ceremony was September 9th, clearly that guy is in the final two. And for the longest time, if you saw the pictures that I posted on my site and on my Instagram stories and on my feed you'd know that, yeah, it was really tough to tell. I had it down to three people. Actually, you know what? I didn't even have it down to three people. I had it down to two people, and one of them wasn't even the guy that it is. It's Brandon Jones, now that we know, because we were able to match it up with what was aired in the preview. I thought it was Romeo, or who was the other one I had? I'm totally blanking, but I didn't have Brandon. And I don't know why, because now when I look at it, it makes sense. Even though that picture was from far away, and I guess maybe I'm saying that now because I saw the picture of them kissing on the beach in the preview where he's in the same bathing suit, she's in the same bikini, and they're clearly in Mexico. So maybe that's why I'm saying that now. But um, yeah, I guess I just, because when I was looking and I asked the person, I said, look, I know you were kind of far away, but what could you tell? And they said, well, it was a light-skinned man, light-skinned black guy. And I'm like, well, let's just go through the. I'm looking through all the guys on Michelle's cast, and I'm like, you know, obviously can eliminate some people that it wasn't. It wasn't Clayton. <laughs> like, you know, you just go through, and you're just like, okay, it's not him. It's not him. You could see the build on the guy. I just, I don't know why. I guess I just kept skipping through Brandon Jones, and yeah. So I'm glad that finally came out. Brandon uh, is that guy that's in the final two, and I guess since I just. Uh, spoil that for you. Sorry to give you a spoiler alert. But come on, if you if you're listening to me and you don't know by now, like I, I it's it's kind of tough to just stay away from spoilers. Um, as the guy who spoils it, and if you're following me, it's just almost inevitable that you're going to run into the spoilers that I post. Even if I put spoiler alert or Michelle's finale spoilers, as I did in my Instagram story and on my Instagram feed one, but. So there there we are with Michelle's uh, finale. That's all out there now. Clayton's season is, you know, on episode three right now. Rose ceremony number three happens tomorrow night. Um, obviously, when they're in L.A., unless they're doing a public date, we're not really getting any uh, videos or photos. Nothing's come out yet of any of the dates. I did report yesterday 
that Houston is a place where they are headed next based on the fact that I know that they were scouting there as of three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever I had that story. And, um, yeah, they're going to Houston. I don't think Clayton has any ties to Houston. He's from Missouri. He went to college at the University of Missouri. So not sure why they're going to Houston. But then again, they went to Cleveland for Peter's season. He's got no ties there. So, um, But that's we, we're only taking next week off, and then we're back at it with in terms of the show. I'm going to be doing reader emails and you know, just want to recap of anything next week. But reader emails um, – going to be on Tuesdays throughout the rest of the season because the show, Michelle season airs on Tuesday. So get your reader emails in after the episode on Tuesday. I'll, I'll always remind you on Monday on social media, but reader emails are going to be on Tuesday. Your recaps for Michelle season will be on Wednesday and then Thursday will be your podcasts. Um, yeah, I just think um, with Michelle season coming up and then that'll run pretty much right through you know, just kind of looking at the schedule, if Tuesday the 19th is the premiere and we just map out 11 Tuesdays, this is what the show usually is, 26th, 2nd, 9th, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, the 10th episode would air December 21st. I doubt they're going to run an episode the last week of December, just like they didn't for Tasha last season. My guess is they'll double up at some point and your finale will be on December 21st. And then first Monday in January, I'm going to take the last week of December off and first Monday in January back at it again with Clayton season. As I find stuff out for Clayton season, uh, I will post it. We just don't know uh, enough yet. Um, they are really strict now on the, and they've been doing it now for a couple seasons, but back in the day when social media started becoming popular, very easy to track who was getting eliminated basically every episode because the second these people got their phone backs, if they had gone on the show and went private, <clears throat> they went public the second they got their phone backs and started adding a bunch of people. It was so obvious who was home. Now, not only does everybody have to pretty much go private the whole time that they are on the show and their phone is being taken away from them, they know that everybody out there, or at least the diehard fans, are tracking every single thing they do on social media. That's why, and look, I've done it myself this season. I have every girl's Instagram. I have every single one of the women's Instagram profiles. I have every one of their posts, follower count, and following count from before the season started, before Rose Ceremony number one, 24 hours after Rose Ceremony number one, 24 hours before Rose Ceremony number two, 24 hours after Rose Ceremony number two, and I'm telling you right now, there's not a lot of change where you can tell who's been eliminated. And that's because production has now told contestants, look, these people are on to you. You cannot go back and immediately go public once you get back. You can't even turn on, go public, check your messages, add a few people, and then go back to private because they'll see that too. So, yeah, anybody who, anybody else who's been following along trying to do this, I mean, I'm still going to do it for a little bit, but I think I might just give up because it's clear as day. You know, they started with probably going to be 30 women, usually seven to eight, the first rose ceremony, another three to four, the second rose ceremony. So we're looking at 10 to 12 women who have already been eliminated. And if you look at their Instagram activity, you can't tell anything. You cannot tell me, oh, these are the 12 that are definitely gone. It's impossible. There's barely been any movement, and yet we know 12 women who were on that show and that showed up on the first night are no longer on the show and are back home. But everyone is still private and their numbers aren't moving at all. Like we're talking one or two, and that's not enough because even if you're private, if someone decides to unfollow you, that changes your number, but that doesn't mean that you unfollowed them and you got your phone back. So just a little course in Instagram tracking for those that do it, because I know people out there do do it, and um, you're just not going to get anything definitive. There is one woman who definitely is, um, and I don't know why she just went rogue, but uh, she's clearly off the show, one, based on activity, and two, I was told that somebody saw her out last weekend, so uh, she was eliminated the first night, but... Other than that, if you're trying to guess who was eliminated the first night and then who was eliminated at the second row ceremony based on Instagram activity, you're going to get nowhere. It's impossible. You could have assumptions, but there's nothing definitive there. And, you know, that's 
because production knows that we've been doing this. They know that people track that, and they know that. I, I, the one I remember specifically, it was great. It was Rachel's season, and Rachel's final four rose ceremony was actually in Dallas. And Dean, as we know, finished fourth on Rachel's season. And I remember it was like 2 in the morning. Central time, because I'm in Dallas and central time as well. And Dean literally was private all season. And all of a sudden at two in the morning, the night of knowing when the final rose or the final four rose ceremony, the night that it happened at two in the morning of that night, Dean goes public and adds a bunch of people. And look, he's not the only one to do it. Plenty of them have done it in the past. I'm just saying the last two or three seasons, they've basically told contestants. Yeah, you now get your phone back. You've been eliminated from the show. But you cannot go public and you cannot start adding your friends that you made on the show until all of filming is over. And you'll notice whenever that may be, probably around, let's see, she started, uh, Clayton started September 29th. It's probably going to end, I don't know, I mean, looking at the, going on their past schedule and kind of looking at it. I'm guessing uh, September 29th, probably going to go till about, the weekend of maybe November 18th, Thursday the 18th, Friday the 19th, Saturday the 20th, somewhere around there. It's usually the week before Thanksgiving is when this uh, Bachelor stops ending filming. So my guess is Monday the 22nd, maybe Tuesday the 23rd, maybe even Sunday night the 21st, they will allow every one of Clayton's women to go public. And you'll see, they'll all turn public within a span of 24 hours. So then you'll know that filming is now ended and they are allowing the women to go back on. But even then, the women don't even add each other as friends because they're told not to. It's a crazy, crazy thing. But that's what they've uh, they've come to because they want to keep as much things secret as possible. And they know, kind of when Instagram got popular, that's how people were tracking how they knew who got eliminated. Because not only would they go from public uh, private to public, they were adding the people that they met on the show. And, uh, and this was before... ABC released all the cast three to four days before filming started. So I would be able to find out who was in the cast just based on who somebody I knew was in the cast because I had been told that they were on the show, who they followed when they got back. And it was just, okay, well, they're following them. And then that person that they followed is also following another girl from the season. It's like, okay, well, clearly that girl was on that, that season. So, I know it might be a little confusing for people who don't follow the Instagram stuff at all. But, um, yeah, it's become a thing where you have, to, you have to kind of track it. It might give you clues. But the days of it telling you, okay, first row ceremony, we know these eight are gone because they all went public after they got their phones back. No, those days are over. I literally have all 33 women who were given to us, and I've tracked it before each rose ceremony. And there's just not nearly enough fluctuation in any of their numbers to say oh yeah they're gone they're gone they're gone no and yet eight to ten ten to twelve women are now off the show i couldn't tell you more than probably three who i think are gone based on that activity so have at it if you want to keep looking at that but uh it's really it's really not helpful anymore because the show's cracked down so anyway let's get to it uh emily longaretta us weekly uh great guest to have she is the senior entertainment editor and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's get to it. Podcast number 255. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, she is the senior entertainment editor at Us Weekly. She also has a podcast on the the Watch With Us podcast, which is currently covering the challenge, something I'm definitely going to talk about in this podcast. It is Emily Longaretta. Emily, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Do you remember the last time you were on? <laughs> it was the middle of pandemic for sure. It was April... Um, it was begin uh, end of April of twenty. God, I, I I looked at this and then I forgot to write the date down. Um, I'm gonna. Scroll. It was definitely twenty twenty. Yeah, it was. Um, I'm gonna find the exact date. I want to say it was end of April of twenty twenty. It was to be exact. If anyone wants to go back and listen, it was be- actually beginning of April, April second, twenty twenty, and it was podcast number 176 and now we are on podcast number 255 so 75 podcasts ago that you were on doesn't seem like it was that long ago. yeah it doesn't seem like it was that long ago but the funny thing was i remember i was 
listening to our old podcast to kind of remember what we did talk about and stuff. And um, it was funny because on that podcast, you, we were, you know, basically two weeks into a pandemic and we didn't really know what the hell was going on. And you were, uh, you were with your parents uh, in Syracuse at the time. Um, I'm assuming you are not there right now. You've uh, <laughs> since moved out. <laughs> I am not with my parents. Well, I had, I had gone home for to visit for a long weekend and it turned into a four month stay at my parents because they don't live in the city and city was a little crazy at that point. So no, I'm back in New York city now, back in my own apartment. Oddly enough, my parents are in town right now. So oh. apparently that's, we, we only talk when my parents are around. <laughs> oh, okay. No kidding. My gosh. What timing. Um, I, I didn't realize it ended up turning into a four month stay uh, last time during the pandemic. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really suggest living with your parents at thirty when you never have since high school. But you know what? I it's a blessing in disguise. I will say, like, it was a good time for me to get, you know, get some, get go to home, get some uh, recharge happening. Now, now I'm back to my normal life a little bit. Okay, so what I used to do on my podcast, and I can't even remember when I stopped this, and. I, I and I, and I think I, I think I know the reason why I stopped it. But basically, at the end of every podcast, I used to do a final ten questions. I don't think I did that with you um, on. The I don't think so. First time you were on, so I used to do a final ten questions. I think once I started repeating guests, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to do a final ten with them." I just stopped doing it all together because I was like, "Well, if I have a new guest on uh, and I'm bringing it back, but then I'm not doing it the following week because it's a repeat guest." Anyway, I'm not going to do it with you. However. I, I, I did want to ask something, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want. It's I guess it's somewhat personal, but I could be completely wrong about this. Um when I was going when I was when I was looking on your Instagram, did I see something recently where you made a, a reference to it had been a it had been a tough year. Has there been something going on that, that I in your life that um we missed? And if there is something that you don't want to talk about, please, by all means, we don't have to talk about it. I Oh it's it's completely fine. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been open about it on my social media a little bit. I didn't obviously like announce it because I'm not a celebrity, but yeah, I was in a relationship for a, just under eight years and that came to an end right before the pandemic. So oh, the okay. first time in my life, first time in my life at 30, you know, that I'm single. And so now I'm chugging away and doing the single life in the city. Oh, okay. I did not. <laughs> I did not know that. I guess because when I look, <laughs> I had no idea, but I remember seeing something you made a reference to a challenging year or something. I was like, is she talking about the pandemic or is there something else that I missed? And I didn't a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I think, cause I think last time when you were on the podcast, you obviously were, I'm assuming we were, you were with him cause this breakup happened with him since you were last on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think you might have brought, I think you might've referenced the fact now that, you bring it up now that you were in a relationship for eight years. I think you might have referenced that on your last podcast. You might have said like, oh, my boyfriend and I did this or something like that. Yeah, so, probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. No need to dive into that. I didn't know what it was. I don't need to sit here and know the reasons or what happened. or. But anyway, I'm sorry. Breakups suck. They're never fun. Um, you know, I guess it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Um, we're, can I, can I, <laughs> I, I just, I just said right now. We don't need to get into it. I just need to know one thing who like, and you don't have to go into detail of it, but did you end it with him or did he end it? Was it uh mutual? What, what, who did the very mutual, up? very mutual. Okay. One conversation. Gotcha. And, and honestly, I have no uh, boundaries when it comes to talking about this because we are very close friends and we remain to be very close friends. And literally I'm going out of town and he's staying with my cat. Like I, okay. <laughs> there's no hard feelings. Okay, so. good. So it's not, it's not this contentious thing where we're avoiding nope. things and stuff like that. Okay. Well, good to hear. Um, glad it wasn't anything bad or ugly and it wasn't anything yeah. along those lines. So um, one thing I do want to talk about, and speaking of breakups, um, you host the watch with us podcast. And the challenge edition, and it just so happened this past Friday, you had Johnny Bananas on. And Johnny Bananas just happens to be on the cover of most of the um, uh, entertainment sites uh, for a breakup that he had with Morgan Willette. Uh, They had a two-year relationship that literally just ended. And obviously a lot of people are suspecting things, and Morgan has flat out came out and said, he cheated on me. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if Johnny has addressed this in terms of, yes, I did. No, I didn't. Um, I know he has talked about it, but I don't think he's clearly if he's the one in the wrong here and cheated, I don't think he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I totally did. And you know, I don't think he's but it is a weird situation when you spoke to him and you did that interview. I didn't listen to it. Was it recorded before any of this happened? Did you guys discuss it on your podcast? What do you know about this relationship? Because I know Us Weekly has covered it. Yes, we have covered it a lot, and I I have covered it. I knew about the breakup a while before, much like you do. I, you know, have a lot of sources in that world, and I knew about it before it happened. It was announced, but um, he has not commented on whether or not he cheated. Obviously, she made those claims online. I did the podcast after the news broke, and before her comments about the cheating came out, but after the breakup news broke, um, he did release a very generic statement saying that he didn't want to discuss discuss it. In the beginning of our podcast, He we agreed that I would not ask about it on air. It was not something he wanted to talk about. He was there to talk about the show, talk about his project. He and I have been friend, friendly because I've been covering the show since he started. So he's been on 20 seasons. So I've been at I think every reunion he's been at, I've been at every taping. So it's like, we've, I've been interviewing him for so long that the same way I would with Morgan, if she wanted to come on, I, I would give them the respect that they don't want to discuss it. So we talked about it was after, and he did talk about, you know, what he does in his free time now and things like that, but no, no comment on whether, whether or not he cheated, why it broke, why they broke up. All I know is they're both kind of trying to do their own thing now. Gotcha. Um, yeah, obviously, breakups are tough. Public breakups are even tougher. Public breakups, when cheating is involved, everybody wants to know, you know, who you know who it was. How did Morgan find out? Does Morgan know the woman? Is it a challenged person? I'm sure these are all questions going through people's minds. I haven't done a deep dive on any of it. So, um, you know, Morgan has been a podcast guest of mine in the past. Bananas has been a podcast guest of mine in the past. I wouldn't consider them friends because mm-hmm. I haven't spoken to either since they were on the podcast. But uh, they were both great when they came on, and Bananas is uh, arguably my favorite player in the history of the challenge. Doesn't excuse his behavior if the cheating did happen. Um, Of course. So, yeah, it's just like one of these things where, sure, I'd like to know. And if someone wants to send me an email and tell me what they know or what the juicy gossip is about it, I'd love to hear it. I'm not going to share it um, because I just don't know enough about the situation. But, yeah, as a curious fan and a fan of those two and two former podcast guests that I – that I liked both of them. Um, Morgan and I have a, a mutual friend um, and sh- and that mutual friend never asked Morgan either uh, out of respect for her. So, you know, um, but would I like to know, because if it was somebody in the challenge world, I, you know, I'd be interested in knowing that. I can't imagine he'd be that stupid. To From cheat, what I know, cheat. it is not someone in the challenge world. Okay, I'm I was going to sure say. after 20 seasons, he knows better than that. Yeah, I will say that. That's what I was going to say. Like, I I. I, I Without knowing anything, I can't believe Bananas would be that dumb to hook up with someone in the challenge fraternity, um, having been with Morgan for two years. So good to know it's at least that. Um, but doesn't again doesn't mean it's good that he did it with somebody else outside of um, the franchise. It's just okay. It wasn't someone in the in the challenge. Okay. So speaking of the challenge, let's just talk about the show in general. Um, are you liking? this season so far um i am not it is the first season in a while that i am actually having a not having a hard time watching because i'll still watch every week but i get the episodes in advance to review for for work purposes and i used to get the screeners and be like watching them the minute i got them and to be honest it's not the case this season because i i just not i'm not as interested this time around what is the reason for that because uh, I have my reasons why, again, I'm going to watch every episode just like you. I'm a fan of the show, but, uh, and I have will always watch the challenge. But there are things that stick out to me this season. I'm just curious if we share the same sentiments as to why we're not particularly enjoying this season. What are yours? I mean, I don't need all of the – I like a twist, but there's too many for me. There's too This whole story, the whole way the game works to me this time is just too much. It's much too complicated. They've made it. They made it into something they didn't need to do. Um, so that's a big one for me. But the other big one I would say is so many new people. I don't mind bringing in new people. I think that's something that the show has to do to continue growing because we forget that some of the best players on the show now did come from other shows. So, like, absolutely, I get it. But And I love the international uh, idea of trying to expand the franchise. But 
I just don't think it's working. I don't think, I think it's too many new people and not enough people that fans care about. I agree. It's the combo of that along with throwing in the twists and along with not only including a bunch of new players, but seemingly a bunch of new players and new faces that didn't do the math before the game or doesn't understand strategy because up until tonight's episode, which I haven't seen yet, but you'll have seen it by uh, the time this podcast comes out tomorrow. Um, there's been no suspense whatsoever in terms of who's going home. It's rookie, rookie. Um, barely any vets have even been had to go into the lair this season. There's been no hell, not a hell of a lot of strategy. I mean, the strategy is being done by the vets. They've played it perfectly, but the rookies have just been not only not good and not really that all that memorable in terms of their characters. They've been horrible game players and. Yeah. There's just been nothing this season that has been suspenseful. Now, it seems like you've already seen the episode. I don't, you don't need to spoil it for me, but um, it seems like tonight is when the vets will start eating each other and that we, we will now start, at least in the next couple of weeks, start seeing vets go after each other because we basically just run out of rookies. They've all been, you know, taken off the show for the most part. But like you said, right. I mean, it basically Priscilla decided last week, she finally became smart enough. Like one of the vets or one of the rookies finally said, Oh, I'm not going to do a rookie rookie team. When I repartner, if we don't create a rookie rookie team, there's no option, but to throw in a vet. So finally the rookies figured this out after 90% of them are gone. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, now we'll finally be able to see, some of these vets going in. And that's what I want to see. That said, I don't even love the vets that much. So it's hard for me to really be invested. (laughs) Yeah. I, there aren't, it's, it's a lot of vets that we see a lot of this, you know, a lot of seasons and it's like, it's they're vets in that they've been on more than one season. They're not rookies, but there are people like someone like Casey from big brother. This is her third season or second. Third. Third. So does that make her a vet because she's been on three seasons or is it? Right. I mean, it always makes me laugh that Amber is a vet. I mean, she won last season, so that's great. But last season was her rookie season. Rookie season. So technically she's a vet, even though it's only her second season. Casey's on her third. You know, Josh is certainly now a vet and he's been on probably off the top of my head, probably four or five seasons. Maybe he's been six. Um, Yeah, five in a row. Five Five in a row. row. He hasn't taken one off. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people out there that would hope he would take one off um, because Josh is certainly a polarizing figure that can kind of grate on people. Um, Yeah, you either love him or you don't. So it's very much. But, I mean, if you go back, I I did speak to a lot of the producers throughout my time uh, on my podcast. I bring on a lot, and they love him so much that I don't see a time where if he wants to still do it, they're going to bring him on. Yeah. He's good TV for sure. Yeah. And, um, but it just seems like his character is the same every year. He does the same drunken fights every year. He's not great at challenges and he never gets to a final. So the reason they keep bringing someone like that back every year must be because they think he's good television. Um, and because I mean in a lot of this I think it's so interesting and I think you probably see this too and obviously like in Bachelor Nation we see it at any reality show is that they if if someone's really great to the crew they're going to keep bringing them back they're going to keep wanting to pay them to be on TV because it's so much better that even if this person's like okay television but it's awful to the crew they're not going to bother so Josh is someone that's stand up guy to every crew member and that's something that that's like they really want makes sense and I really yeah. think that this season, yeah, it's just struggling. I agree with you on the twist. It's too much. When 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 teams change hands every episode, that's that's too much. I get it halfway through, you know, just like a, yeah. a merge and Survivor or something like that, you know what's coming. But when every episode there's new teams being formed and you can't even remember unless you literally chart it on a piece of paper every week and take notes, which I doubt a lot of people mm-hmm. are doing when they watch the challenge – I really mm-hmm. don't see the need to change teams every single episode. It's just too much. It's too much. I mean, anyone anyone that listens to my podcast knows that's like I I always forget to even ask about their team member, and the cast member always brings them up, and I'm like, there's no point in me asking because it's going to be different next week. Like, I have yeah. no clue who it is, and I I already forgot about it. So yeah, yeah. I I just I, I'm not I'm not like totally down on this season. I'm st- like I said, I'm still going to watch it, um, but the twists are too much. I, I can't remember when, when the show started this season. If you counted rookies and counted vets, didn't rookies have more people on the show than vets? Or was yeah. it somewhat? See, see, that's the thing. Because if you did a show of 
if you did a show, a new season of, of the challenge, which I'm sure they're starting to film fairly soon, I, I would, I would guess. Um, yes. and you did, let's say 30 people are on the show to start and you did 20 vets and 10 rookies. There's, there's no way we all know what's going to happen. Right. Rookies can get together and say on day one, we're going after the vets, but you're outnumbered. So you can't do yeah. it. You have to make it even or even give the rookies more like they did at the beginning of this season. And yet it still didn't work. So it's almost like this show is struggling to find out, look, we all know the vets are going to work together and get out the people that they're not familiar with because they're just too much of a variable and too much of an X factor. Let's just stick with ourselves and fight amongst ourselves. And so it's like, yeah, they're going to have that problem every single season unless you have more rookies than vets to start the season and the rookies actually play a certain game um, to right. where they play a numbers game. And they don't seem to know and how to do fans, that. But also fans don't really want to see more rookies. Yeah. I mean, that's why you got to think about it. That's why All-Stars did so well for Paramount Plus because people want to see those guys. So here's the – so here's the, ends up being the question. Do you just get rid of um, – not get rid of rookies, but – you've had three or four seasons in a row of people that have been on like one season. So technically they wouldn't be, I guess, rookies anymore. I, I just, I don't know what you do casting wise, because as long as you have the Nannies and the Joshes and the Kyles and the Nelsons, they are going to stick together as vets. Um, and now that you can throw the Fessies and the Casey's in of the world, because they're now ingrained into this franchise more so than they were in the big brother world. They are now challenge people. Um, I just think that they're really they're really going to be struggling to I guess in the first part of every season because we all know no matter how they cast this unless they go an all vet season um on the regular challenge not the all-star challenge do an all vet season we already know how the beginning of the season is going to go the first four or five episodes is going to be let's put the rookies up and they're going to have to beat us in the pit or the lair uh for for them to make any noise or else they're gone I, I can't see any other way to do this. Right. I mean, I don't either. I don't know what the answer is because it's really tough to, I don't know. I, unless they get really strong rookies who that won't happen with really smart rookies that that won't happen with. And I don't, and I just don't, I don't know, know if that's going to happen because we see where they're pulling them from. And that's not always the smartest people. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't get it. Um. Anyway, uh, that's that's going to be our challenge talk uh, for this podcast, but uh, we'll see we'll see what happens going forward. I'm still looking forward to seeing, you know, which vet ends up uh, uh, winning this thing, uh, and and we'll kind of go from there. Do you are you aware of spoilers for this season and just don't obviously don't talk about it, or do you not want to know? I'm aware, kind of the first. I you know I always I wish I didn't know. Like I always wish that I didn't, and I always start out a season being like. I'm not going to read spoilers. I'm not going to find anything out. And then of course, like I get a text or I get something and then I'm like, well, then once I start, then it's like a spiral, you know, is, read everything. Is there a spoiler site for challenge spoilers? There are, there are. Yeah. There are two different ones that are pretty reliable. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know that the, um, what is it? Um, Gamer Vev on 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 on, yeah, on Twitter. Twitter. Does she do spoil? I I know she does spoilers for casts of shows, but I didn't know that she did spoilers of the shows. Does she? Yeah. So she does a full she does a full elimination threads and everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it a, is it even a she? Do we know that who the Gamer Vev is? is you it? know, I believe that it's a she, but it could be a he, and I do not want to be offensive. I do not know. It could be a they. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I just know Gamer I don't Vev. know why I say she. I have no clue, but I've also referred to them as she, so same, I have no yeah. clue why. Same, same as me. Gamer Vev has just always come across as she to me, and if it's a if it's a guy, then it's a guy. I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, that's so. the one. That's the one. Okay, so I didn't know that. I didn't know that they did uh, spoilers. So. Yeah. Okay, I'll just stay away from that then. I, I yeah, I don't know anything about this season, but I'm, I'm assuming a vet wins. Uh, okay, let's moving on. A quick question about a scripted television show, but it also pertains to the job that you and I do. Do you watch Ted Lasso? I do not. Okay, well there goes that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person on earth, and you know what? And I know it's because if I I watched the first season and loved it, and I know if I like sit down and start season two. Then it's like there goes the rest of my weekend. So I just haven't yet, but like I, I want to, and I know, and I know everything about it because I can't not be spoiled in this industry. So okay, so you're not completely unfamiliar with the show. You just haven't watched season two. Yes, I'm completely familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I'm wondering if I should talk about this with you. You would still understand it. Um, yeah. 
No, I want to get to the Dale and Claire stuff. <laughs> we can, um, you and I, once you watch season two, text me and let me know, and then I can talk to you about this particular topic. Because it's actually a topic right now based on what how episode 11 which just aired last Friday ended the finale is okay. the finale is this Friday, the last episode yeah. of season two. Um, the way it ended has a lot of journalistic integrity uh, in it that people are calling out online. And as much as people love the show, they're saying Ted Lasso got, you got this wrong. So it's interesting. I believe, what, I'm curious to know. That your, is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious to know your, your thoughts on this once you see it. Okay. Okay. You were the main story breaker when it came to the Dale and Claire Us Weekly coverage um, last week, where um, after Claire posted her Instagram story where she tagged Abigail in it. Well, you know what? Let's back up. The whole reason this whole thing started between Claire and Abigail was because of an Instagram account that I have a huge disdain for. And and I'm not going to even refer to them by how they want to pronounce it. I'm going to refer to them phonetically as Duke's Moy. So that's how I pronounce them. They are Duke's <laughs> Moy to me. And I don't appreciate what they do. I think it only feeds into the culture that we have right now of going after people without any sort of um, vetting or basis for anything. And look, I'm the first guy to admit, for the longest time, that's what I did. And then after everything that happened with me, a few months ago, I've decided to change the way I cover this show, and I'm not going to do essentially what Duke's Moy does right now, which is anybody that sends them a tip, they just put it out there. Uh, their site specifically says nothing on our site uh, is vetted, and we're not claiming that the information is accurate. Um, so I have a real problem with that. Um, I know maybe it sounds hypocritical, but not in the last five months it isn't, because I haven't run with anything that I've been told in the last five months. So... First off, I want to get your thoughts as someone who works uh, for a major, major entertainment outlet, um, a site like Duke's Moy that decides to just throw everything out there that they get without vetting anything. All right. So I don't if you take it for what it is, I'm fine with it. If you think it's just fans sending things in, fine. I don't it's not a reliable source as a journalist as someone who had to take classes on ethics, as someone who has, you know, knows the ins and outs of that. No, you can't cite that as a source. To me, that's citing Wikipedia. You can't cite that. Anyone can edit that. You need to have proof. So even a photo to me can be doctored. So if it's not a photo that I'm taking or I see someone take, I'm not citing that. So to me, like, that's my biggest frustration with it is that we, I follow it. I look at the stuff. Um, and then maybe it prompts me to do my own digging and to do my own reporting into it, but that's not, I don't cite that as a, that's not to me a source that I would use. Yeah. And like I said, they are, um, they don't claim to be accurate and it even says it on their Instagram right. page, which specifically says this counts does not claim any information published is based in fact, which is just amazing that you can get away with that. And I guess they can get away with that because of that disclaimer that they can just put anyone, any one of us, any one of us could post whatever we want on our Instagram. It's our private Instagram account. So it's like, but that's a public public Instagram. Right. So I have a public Instagram account. I'm a journalist. It's a little bit different because I like my account is associated with us weekly, but if anyone can post whatever they want on their social media for the most part, unless someone's reporting it. So, I mean, we see it all the time with politics. People post things that aren't true. So, you know what I mean? People can do whatever they want on social media for the most part. Well, that's the, that's the, that's the good and bad of social media is that it's like, it's allowed us to have access to things that we never, ever had access to in the eighties, nineties and early two thousands. But now we do, and it's great in some aspects, but this is the negative side of social media to where Dukes Moy can post whatever they want. And the problem is like you say, if you look at it for what it is, the problem is 95% of the people that read Duke's Moy don't look at it for what it is and look at it as, oh my God, this must be true. Because right. anytime Duke's Moy posts something that is Bachelor related, within five minutes, five or ten people in Bachelor Nation that follow that account send it to me. They have me blocked on Reality Steve. I can't look at Duke's Moy because <laughs> they blocked me for because they know I don't like them and I've called them out for what they do. Um mm-hmm. 
But I get this. I, I'll hear every major Bachelor story that they hint at, or, you know, when they say this Bachelor did this. So basically, going back to the Clarendale stuff, last Monday or Tuesday, I believe it was, it came out that they posted a one of their submissions where somebody just sent in an email and they said, and the email said, a Bachelor favorite hooked up with a Bachelor Nation recent winner who, quote, may or may not have been on a break earlier this year. One of them is on Paradise right now, but producers won't mess up her good girl edit. So that turned into the, you know, rumors behind the scenes were this um, rumor and this post that they made was about Dale and Abigail. And it, mm-hmm. based on that wording, it fits. There were, only a, uh, there were only a certain amount of women from Paradise this season. It could even fit on the women's side. And Bachelor fan favorite, a most recent winner who may or may not have broken up earlier this year, that, that, fit, the, that fit the bill of one person. And that was Dale. Right. So it's like, okay, again, I have such an issue with these people. But um, this became a major story that was picked up by other entertainment sites. So that's why we were going to talk about it. And you covered it mostly. And so when you see something like this and you see it's out there and you post the story of what you did, what were you able to find out from both sides? I know, I mean, it's in the story, but for people that maybe didn't read it and whatever, where yeah, was your coverage absolutely. at with this with this Dale and Claire stuff and Abigail? So so again, we would not we would not grab like we would not report on what they posted without knowing something more. So after after that came out, you know, we were like, all right, who could it be? Blah blah blah. And then when Claire posted, I'm not going to speak on the details of my relationship right now because I'm focusing on my mom. But you know, she also shaded people that put on an act or whatever she had written of some some those words. Yeah. Um, Seemingly shading Dale, obviously, without saying his name, but she tagged Abigail in the post. So to us, you know, our one of our reporters, she is constantly checking that Instagram account to checking to see if it's things we need to dig on. And she was the one who had flagged the original post to us. And then she had sent to us right away when Claire had posted and tagged Abigail. So we realized, okay, we need to start doing some digging here. Um, I then had a source come to me and tell me that it was legit that there was some sort of hookup between Abigail and Dale uh, before, while she may have believed that they were on a break at that time, that him and Claire were not together or not as serious or whatever it was. Um, At that point, obviously, I trust my source, but at the same time, to do my due diligence, I need to go to Claire's team, I need to go to Dale's team, I need to go to Abigail's team. So that's what I did. Um, If you look on Us Magazine and you see the story we did, we the headline I chose was like, why is Abigail being dragged into Dale and Claire's split? Here's what we know. Yeah. And it's and kind I, of a breakdown. By the way, I thought that was a great headline. It wasn't Abigail breaks up Claire and Dale. It wasn't anything like that. It was mm-hmm. why is she even being a part of this narrative, which then had to bring in the Duke's Moy post because there's no way to avoid it without that. It, I mean, honestly, we don't ever cite them. But, yeah. And this was a conversation <laughs> that day I had on Slack with my editor saying, in this case, we need to cite them because they did say this. Like, this is how this conversation started. Yeah. We need to say, after seeing it on here, this is what happened. So I say in the post, you know, the source tells me this about, you know, Abigail was under the impression of he and Claire weren't serious. It's very important to say that because they don't want it to be like shaming Abigail for doing what she thought was fine. Um, we also noted that she untagged herself, which a source had told me. And then a second source separate on the other side said that they never hooked up. And that she's friends with him. Abigail and Dale are friends. And they've met once in New York and they all hung out together at a party after or at a game. And then that was it. Yeah. Um, that source also told us that he, Dale actually went with, went to see Claire and her mom when things got bad on Tuesday of last week and flew to LA for Wednesday morning for work, which we all saw the pictures of him and Tyler Cameron, the first event. Um, and then that he did not speak to media out of respect for her. Yeah. And you know, it was laid out there for everybody. So then it just, to me, just turns into something to where everybody reads it. You had reporting on both sides. And it's just a matter of everyone's like, you know, I get asked this all the time. Well, what's true? Right. You know, I, I look, both sides have been presented. I can't tell anybody what to believe or what not to believe, but right. I'm not in the relationship. So yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, what do you want me to say about something like this? Like, I mean, I haven't I haven't addressed this at all on um, on my site. I, I, you know, linked to your guys. I linked to your story when I did bring it up on 
earlier this week, I think on Tuesday it was, because I was like, hey, I got to at least talk about it on my site because it's a major story in Bachelor Nation, and this is the kind of stuff that I cover. But adding anything to it, I couldn't because there's only, uh, you know, a few things that, again, I hear things versus what I can prove to be true. Um, This is a story that is unfortunate, and I don't really know what people expect out of this. Um, It is clear that there is a breakup. The one thing, I guess, if I'm going to give any um, more clarity to this situation in terms of what I heard, and this kind of got taken away. You didn't run with this on your in your story, which was good. Is that if there was anything that happened between Dale and Abigail, Dale and Abigail had nothing to do with the Dale and Claire breakup. I, I that I know. Um, if there was anything with Dale and Abigail, it was before she ever went on Paradise. It just so happened that the Duke's Moy story didn't come out until last week, which was referencing something that happened clearly allegedly months earlier like this. So that's, that's the only thing I know is that if there was something, if this, if this rumor about Dale and Abigail is to be true, and I guess the only two people that technically know that is true is Dale and Abigail, unless they hooked up in front of other people um, who could have witnessed it and, 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 and actually given support or evidence to like, yes, they did. Um, I, I just know it was, it, it, it would have taken place long before paradise ever took ever happened. So there was no, and and I'm glad that you wrote it the way you did that this, this had nothing to do with a Claire and Dale breakup. That's a whole separate story, which I believe you even covered in in yours, right? Well, yeah. So, I mean, basically since all that had happened, Dale did end up speaking out in a statement via his publicist saying that, you know, he's chosen not in a statement saying he's chosen not to make a statement, which is absolutely hysterical to me. The yeah. out of respect for her mother and everything that's happening in her personal life and saying that, you know, he flew there, he wanted to fly back, but she had blocked him on social media at that point and blocked her, his number and made that difficult. So what is that? If that's true, fine. If he wanted to maybe respect what was going on with her mother, maybe don't release a statement at all. That's just my opinion. Not, I'm not in the relationship again, yeah. but not not the not the best look in my mind. Yeah, we're we're allowed to have even though we might not know the details of what happened and then did Claire sleep with Abigail, did he not? Why did Claire and Dale break up? We might not know the details of that, but we're allowed to have an opinion on what is out there. And my opinion is that he's got to stop releasing statements through his PR people. <laughs> like it just does not it's great. not look good. It does not look good and if you want to, you know, it, you can't go to an event and say, out of respect for Claire, I'm not speaking, and then release two different statements, one refuting the Abigail relationship, which, if it's true, fine, you're refuting the Abigail relationship, but why isn't Dale saying this himself? Why does he have to put it through a statement released to us, a statement released to people, a statement released to EW.com, whatever the case may be? I, It's just the way it's being handled, I have an opinion on, and it, and it's not good, you know? I don't get same, it. but I do think I it's same and a hundred percent. I don't either. And these are conversations I'm having constantly with my team. Like this, this sounds awful. Like it makes them look bad. It makes them, it doesn't make sense to me. But again, it's like, uh, we don't, I don't know what happened. It's the same way if you're friends in a relationship and you're annoyed because she's always talking about how annoying this guy is and doing all these awful things. You want to be like, what are you doing? You're an idiot, but you don't really know what's going on. So you can't, you can't really. So that's what I'm trying to remind myself of. Yeah, and that's and that's the toughest part about kind of I mean, I I'm a little bit different in that I, you know, I'm a website versus I work for a magazine, you know, I'm my own boss. So I don't have to run stuff by people. I have to vet it myself and and not go. But I've, you know, like I said, I've kind of just gone a different route now and I'm only going to run with stories regarding Bachelor Nation contestants if the person who tells me the story puts their name behind it and or does an interview or I have photographic evidence of something that if I post that photographic evidence doesn't out the source like I could like I've got numerous screenshots of conversations that happen between two people in Bachelor Nation where one side doesn't know that I have that conversation well if I released it they know it's going to came from the other side that they were talking to in that conversation so clearly I can't but people like to share that with me 
So that's the problem that I'm running into, um, and that's where I've decided, you know, just not going to go that route anymore because being the middle person in all of this is not fun uh, because immediately if you report one thing negative about somebody in this franchise, especially if it's somebody who's well-liked, it turns into their mob of people coming after me saying I'm not being fair or whatever when it's just like this did happen. You might not like it because it's someone you like and you don't want anything negative said about them, but this did happen. So whatever it may be. And then it just turns into what do I gain out of being the middle person and revealing this uh, negative information about somebody? It's just, it's just not worth it to me anymore. And, um, you know, when you do, when you do a story on something like this, you presented both sides or whatever, but sometimes you guys have done stories where you're like, you know, let's talk about the next thing I wanted to talk about. Brennan and Piper, you guys, us weekly, I believe it was on June. <laughs> I want to say it was on June 5th, which was the day before filming started on all of paradise that Brendan and Piper were dating. Um, yeah. You guys obviously had information on that. We saw what happened that played out this summer. Again, is that a situation where people on either Brendan's side or Piper's side came to you guys and were like pissed off at you for posting that story? We would not have posted the story if we didn't go to their teams first. And that's something that Us Weekly has to run every story through legal. And when we're reporting on something, we're going to go to a team. Not the thing they they responded or said okay to do it or give us their approval, but we give them a heads up. We give them the opportunity to say, hey, I really don't want you to run this. And we don't always go to reps or we don't always go by what they say, but we give them that discussion. So that situation specifically, um, we had enough proof of our own that it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, we, I heard this and we're going to go on it. It was multiple sources and eyewitnesses at that point that were reliable enough that knew 100 um, percent to the point where when they talked about it on Paradise this season, it, it was hysterical. They were all like, oh, it was so funny. Blah, blah, blah. You know, so clearly they weren't hiding it. I think that's also a line that I have to like very that gets a little bit blurry because we don't want to spoil a show. Um, so I also have to work with the network on that end to make sure we're not spoiling a storyline. But at that point, they weren't even announced as part of the cast yet. So it didn't matter. They didn't meet on the show and then it happened after or anything like that. It wasn't no one even knew they were going on yet. Yeah. And that's something to where that's where you and I and, and what you do is different than me because I don't have to worry about checking with the network and spoilers because that's what I do. If I, if I were to have known that, I mean, right. I had heard the rumblings again, but again, when I hear rumblings about something, that's the dilemma that I'm facing now because I hear rumblings all the time. And does my audience want to hear rumblings or do they want to hear concrete things that I know to be true? And sometimes there are things that I know to be true, but I can't prove them. So is that something that people want to hear about or does that turn into here you go again Steve reporting things that you can't prove and it's like yeah I can't so now I'm only sticking to spoilers which are things you're going to see play out on television um so yeah I mean it's just it's just a really really weird uh it's it's just it's it's been a dilemma for me um because it's just been kind of like I don't really know what to do here um but I know what I am going to do going forward. And like I said, unless it's unless it's something like today, I was able to post pictures of Bachelor Nation people hanging out this past weekend. That didn't compromise a source. They were in a public place. Right. People took pictures of them. You know, Maddie and Mike were yeah. hanging at the Texas State Fair. And Kelsey and Spencer were on a catamaran in San Diego this past weekend. Like, if you're, if you're doing right. that, hanging out with somebody that you don't want to be seen with, then don't hang out with them in public because that's exactly it for me. If you're at an event in New York, you and I've talked about this before. It's like, if you're at an event in New York, it's free game. You're in New York city. If you're out at a carnival, it's free game. People have cell phones. Now everyone's taking photos of you and you're on a really popular show. So people are going to take pictures of you no matter where you are in public. It sucks, but it's, it's what the world is now. And if you're someone like Maddie who made it as far as she did on Peter's season and is well known, of course, yeah, you're going to get your picture taken. Spencer by himself, I don't think if he was if he was with a regular girl that wasn't part of Bachelor Nation, I don't think anyone would ever send me a picture of, "Hey, I saw Spencer Robertson out with so and so." That's, you know, I not don't think part I would show. recognize him. I don't yeah. think I would recognize him. But <laughs> when not, you nothing say, against him, but yeah. it's just this, this Bachelor Nation has a lot of people. So he it's was, really only people that are memorable. He wasn't on the show long enough for he, for him right. to be met, recognized by his face. 
Kelsey Weir got to the Final Four of Peter's season, was on the beginning of Paradise this season. She's way more recognizable. I'm sure the pig – because the person who actually – it's funny that you mentioned this. The person who actually sent me the picture of Kelsey and Spencer said, hey, here's a picture of Kelsey on a catamaran in San Diego. I don't know who the other guy is, but here it is. I'm like, oh, that's Spencer. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, You're so, like, oh, that makes the story more interesting. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think it's just – it's – Certainly, Kelsey was the more, quote unquote, popular person in that picture. Hence the reason sure. they took it. They wouldn't have taken it if it was just Spencer and someone they didn't recognize. So um, I just want to wrap up with this one thing. I know you got to go. Um, last time we were on, we talked briefly at the end of the podcast about your af- uh, affinity and your love for Dawson's Creek. Um <laughs> There's always been a lot of talk about reboots. I can't remember if we talked about this on the last podcast, but. Um, reunion shows are a big thing now. Uh, reunion get-togethers for magazines are a big thing. Would you be in favor of a two-hour Dawson's Creek reunion movie, or do you just want to leave it as it ended? Leave it as it ended. Okay. I would like them to. I would be happy with something like Friends did, and see them all talking about it. Yeah. But entertainment weekly did a great when they did the reunion thing a couple years ago and had them do that yeah most of the people i love were there enough of them were there that it was great do i would i want a two-hour special of them walking back through the houses and the sets a hundred percent yeah i don't need them to play the characters again the ending for me was a good ending and i'm i'm good with it okay yeah i'm same way i would i would see i would love a sit down talk show hbo max however you want to do it uh with the cast bring them all back talk about it talk about the show, talk about storylines, what they liked, what they didn't like, all that stuff. The hookups, the drama behind the scenes. I don't need a I don't need a 2-hour movie or even a reboot of it. Just no, no thanks. I no. mean, I I was a fan of Gossip Girl for a little bit. I know they're rebooting that show. Have you gotten into that or, at all or no? Were you ever into you the You know, original? I I have. I was into the original. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it when it was on. Oddly enough, it must have been on against the show another show that I watched or like a night I played volleyball or something <laughs> that I never watched it because at that point there was no DVR. But um I watched it later on, you know, now that it was on streaming and I loved. So, yeah, I gave the reboot a chance. Uh the writers and the creators behind it are the same team, so I I enjoyed that aspect of it. I don't think it has the charm and the you know, what what it it's hard to remake a show like that. So I think especially in this time of social media, they've really leaned into that, but it makes everything much different. And that's why I don't think even like Dawson's Creek or even One Tree Hill, which was a bit later, I think it'd be so hard to do a show like that now because just one it, social media changes everything. Cell yeah. phones changed everything. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't, especially if they did our Dawson's Creek reboot, like they did Gossip Girl reboot with just, we'll just, we'll just redo the show with different people. No, uh, we, we, we've grown no to way. love James Vanderbeek and Michelle Williams and Joshua Jackson and Katie Holmes. No, just don't even go there and even think about it. So anyway, yeah. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know you got to run, uh, but um, sorry about uh, your year and the breakup and whatnot. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> no problem at all. You got to come on my podcast next. We're going to do oh. swap here. You're going to come on and talk about challenge. Oh shit. Anytime. Just let me know. Awesome. Um, uh, so do. again, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we will definitely be in touch. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Take care. Okay. Thank you so much to Emily uh, for coming on and talking about that stuff. Uh, I really liked her coverage on the Clarendale stuff. That's why I linked to it last week. And I really uh, enjoyed how she laid both sides out there uh, for everyone to determine. Again, it's really tough to know what's true and what isn't um, without the parties involved speaking directly when it's you know, releasing through, I mean, Claire's the only one that has really spoken directly because she addressed it on her own Instagram account. When a PR person is speaking for Dale through a media outlet and two different times, it's just, it, 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 it really isn't a great look to say, um, you know, last Wednesday, Dale was approached at the event he was at with Tyler Cameron to speak on the Claire stuff. And he said, out of respect for her, excuse me, out of respect for her, I'm not going to do it. But then, since then, has released two statements. So what is it? <laughs> Are you respecting her wishes or no? Because you're still speaking on it. And you're basically um, calling her out by saying, yeah, I tried to get back in touch with her, but she blocked me. Oh, okay. Um, 
but there, then you have to go back to the other side. There's probably a reason that she blocked him. I, I don't think that, that she blocked him because she's in great standing with him. You don't block somebody that you're cool with, you know? So, like I said, I, I think this is going to be a story that I know a lot of people are interested in, and I know people want to know the dirt on, but unless these two, Dale and Claire, speak publicly about it and do a sit-down interview with somebody, I, we're never going to get to the bottom of what went down. It's just... Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. So, so that's why I really appreciated Emily's at least coverage on it to get what she could out of it. And um, it was it was definitely uh, an interesting read. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It is very much appreciated. We are back next week with Podcast Two Fifty Six. Uh, so, for Emily Longaretta, I am Reality Steve. Thank you for listening to Podcast Two Fifty Five, and I'll talk to you next week. See. You.